Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me on LiveTo110.com, and you can find the video portion of this podcast on the corresponding blog post on the website and on my YouTube channel, Wendy Live to 110. Today, our guest is Mickey Trescott. She's a nutritional therapy practitioner, and she healed herself from autoimmune disease, and she wrote a cookbook called The Autoimmune Paleo Cookbook, and is going to be talking to us about how you can nourish your immune system and heal and even reverse your autoimmune disease. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment that we suggest today on the show. And I'm so thrilled to announce uh, my the release of my online health program called bodybiorehab.com. Go to the website and sign up for when it releases April 1st. That's when we're going to unveil the online health program that I've been working on for months. It's going to be talking about the five pillars of health, which are diet, exercise, sleep, stress, and detoxification. And there's going to be uh, all kinds of videos, all kinds of con- content, um, uh, uh, six different modules uh, which to learn. Um, you're going to be doing a 30-day paleo reset diet and I'm going to give you all the recipes and tips and tricks tricks about how to do that. And then you graduate to the modern paleo diet uh, when you're done with the entire program. And it's going to just teach you all the basics that you need to know to improve your health and to reverse health conditions and to get you started with the basics on improving your health and feeling better and getting your energy back and getting your mojo back, <laughs> which I think is really important. So definitely go check that out at bodybiorehab.com. Our guest today is Mickey Truscott. Uh, she is a nutritional therapy practitioner. Uh, she's the chef and blogger behind the website autoimmune-paleo.com, which provides recipes and resources for the autoimmune protocol. After recovering from her own struggle with both celiac and Hashimoto's disease, adrenal fatigue, and multiple vitamin deficiencies, Mickey started to write about her experience to share with others and help them realize they are not alone in their struggles. She's a certified NTP uh, by the Nutritional Therapy Association and is the author of the Autoimmune Paleo Cookbook, a guide and recipe book for the autoimmune protocol. Mickey is also on the board for Hashimoto's Awareness, and is a, which is a support and advocacy group organization for autoimmune thyroid disease. She recently moved to Willamette Valley, Oregon to start a homestead with her husband. Mickey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about, uh, you know, about yourself and your story? Yeah, so I was diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases, both celiac disease and Hashimoto's disease about three and a half years ago. And before that, I really hadn't had any health complaints. Um, I had been vegan for about 10 years, and I really believed that a plant-based diet was the best for staying healthy. And uh, I was very active. And so my world kind of all came crashing down. And I got these autoimmune diagnoses. And surprisingly, I didn't feel better on a gluten-free diet, which was the the biggest prescription by my medical professionals. They said, go gluten-free, you have celiac disease, your thyroid labs are normal despite having antibodies. And 
uh, in the months following my diagnosis, I continued to get worse. I started having some neurological symptoms. I had pleurisy which is a symptom of lupus. And so there was this period where I really felt like the my autoimmunity was progressing. Um, and so that's really where I found dietary change. And I started to learn about ancestral health and ancestral nutrition and paleo. And I made the 180 from vegan and I really have not looked back. <laughs> was that hard? Uh, yeah, it was, it was so hard. And I think that I would ever have been able to do it if I hadn't been totally bedridden and not able to function. Um, it was a decision that I made that was just for my health and it, it went against everything that I believed at the time, but it was the thing that got me better. So yeah, I'm right there with you because I was vegetarian and then vegan for, I was only a couple years and I only had very mild symptoms. I had some fatigue and trouble mm -hmm. losing weight. I thought, Oh, hell no. <laughs> as mm -hmm. soon as I realized my diet was that was causing, you know, contributing to my health, mild health issues, um, mm -hmm. I made a really quick turnaround. Um, but do you feel that your your vegan diet contributed to your health issues? Yes, and actually, I think that I never would have had such a deep and like dark crash had I not been vegan. So I was having issues with. I mean, it was like multiple nutrient deficiencies on top of two raging autoimmune diseases. So, you know, I was having things like neuropathy and neurological issues that were B vitamin deficiencies. I was having trouble breathing and fatigue and hair falling out because I was so anemic. Um, so that definitely compounded and I think was a big reason why I got so ill. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, for any listeners that maybe aren't totally familiar with what are, what is autoimmune disease? Yeah. So simply autoimmune disease is when your immune system attacks your own body. So in my case, um, my thyroid is attacked by my own body and my small intestine, and, um, it can happen to any organ in the body, any system. So there are skin autoimmune diseases. There are, um, endocrine autoimmune diseases. There are neurological autoimmune diseases. So, you know, we're, there's over a hundred of them. Um, we're very familiar with some of them and not with others, but they all do have a link in leaky gut. And so that's why food is so effective at helping manage autoimmunity is because it directly affects the gut. Yeah. Yeah. And so what is leaky gut? Can you explain a little bit about that and how that contributes to autoimmune? Because I, I believe it has, it's, you know, you have to have leaky gut yeah. in order to have an autoimmune. Yeah. And they've scientifically shown that leaky gut and autoimmunity go hand in hand. Um, so leaky gut is basically when the intestinal barrier of the, the lining of the small intestine, which is supposed to keep um, viruses and bacteria and out and let nutrients in, it becomes leaky and it becomes too permeable. And so those, um, not only those virus bacteria and everything can kind of get into the immune system and, and cause problem, but larger proteins and undigested foods. And so this is where certain foods can really irritate people that have this leaky gut. Um, and so those are the foods that we remove on an autoimmune protocol that generally get people on track to, start, to feeling a lot better. And are there any other causes of autoimmune? Yeah, so there are tons of theories. Um, I don't think that there is really one cause to autoimmunity. I think it's a combination of uh, diet and stress, genetics, um, toxin load, um, 
like I said, infectious. Um, there's a lot of different theories. And um, from what I have learned, I, I think that it's just a, combina a combination of us eating um, food that's unsuitable for us, plus being in a toxic environment. Um, as you know, our generation by generation, our world has changed so much that um, now it's very, we're very susceptible to diseases like autoimmune diseases. Yeah. Yeah. And so how can you heal this disease? You know, or is, uh, can you heal it permanently? I mean, yeah, I, I know, so I know I have clients that they, they get rid of their Hashimoto's and other mm -hmm. autoimmune diseases. So we know that it can be reversed. Were you able to reverse your autoimmune? So, uh, it depends how you define that. I'm, I'm very cautious using the, the words reverse and using the words cure. I don't live with many symptoms, although if I step off track or if I get extremely stressed out, start not sleeping, uh, I will experience symptoms or if I get glutened or if I have dairy or, or a few foods. But for the most part, I live a really active, healthy life. I'm able to be very focused and productive at work. Um, I really don't have a lot of health complaints and um, I do take medication. I have taken medication through the whole thing. So, you know, for some people, they might say that you know, that's not success unless you're medication free. But I really think that living vibrantly, happy, healthy is the goal. Um, that's how I feel. And so um, I do think it's possible to reach this point and it might take a, a while. You know, there's a lot of underlying issues that people might have to explore. Um, but yeah, there's always something someone can do to improve their situation. Or not, you, that means it goes away. Yeah. Did you do any detox protocols to reduce your toxin load? You know, a detox protocol actually put me in the hospital. Oh, no. <laughs> so um, I went to a naturopath originally when I got my diagnosis, and that was the first they did. And I was so weak at that point. My body was just not strong enough to do yeah. detoxification. I've been very scared of it since. Um, I am compound heterozygous for MTHFR. So I know that I have some issues with methylation. I take a couple supplements, but I'm very conservative in the way that I deal with that kind of stuff because I know how powerful herbs and supplements can be. And I know how it crashed <laughs> once before. Um, so really how I how I feel about detoxification is that our bodies have this innate ability to detoxify. And so supporting that by not overburdening ourselves with toxins and eating a really good diet full of these nutrients that we need in order to detoxify um, is good enough for most people unless they have a specific issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about your autoimmune protocol mm -hmm. uh, that you talk about in your book. Yeah, so it's actually not mine, okay. <laughs> um, but you can call, you can call it mine. I'm the um, I blog under Autoimmune Paleo, but there's actually a whole community of people who really came at this idea from a lot of different angles at the same time. And so I don't really think anyone can really be credited more than um, like Sarah Ballantyne. She really did all the research, but even the original idea predated her work. So um, there were some people in the paleo community, Rob Wolf, Chris Kresser. There was a functional medicine community with Datis Karazian who were um, kind of coming th through with little threads of this plan. Um, and then she really came along with her personal experience and her science background and came out with all of the, the science and the reasons why it works. So basically my, I support, or I follow her version of the protocol, which is, um, an elimination and provocation diet that is tailored to those of us with autoimmune, um, conditions. And it's so in that way, it's very autoimmune specific. 
Um, so we remove grains, beans, dairy, eggs, nuts, seeds, and nightshades, which is a family of vegetables, including tomatoes and peppers and a couple herbs like ashwagandha, things like eggplant, um, and also spices. Um, so if there's a seed spice like cumin, we would avoid that or coffee or chocolate, unfortunately. Mm, <laughs> um, no. And so you eliminate that for a period of time. Um, the period of time is open to interpretation. If someone starts feeling great in 30 days, they can start reintroducing foods. If they don't, they might need to do like two or three months. Uh, goal is to start seeing some sort of improvement, maybe in digestion, um, maybe in slow reversal of their autoimmune symptoms. And then they can start reintroducing those foods one at a time um, on a very specific, following a very specific way um, as to not overload the body with too much information or too many new things at once. But then you can really see how foods affect you and that person can end up kind of on a uh, diet just for, you know, their healing path. Yeah. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about your book, The Autoimmune uh, Paleo Cookbook, and kind of how you, you know, introduce people to an autoimmune type diet. Yeah. So, so with my book, I really wanted to eliminate any excuse that anyone to not be able to do this diet. It is very restricted and there aren't a lot of resources or there weren't. Now there are starting to be a lot more. There's almost 50 bloggers, at least that I know of, that are writing about this. But at the time that I wrote it, there were no recipes, there were no meal plans. So really my book has over 100 and recipes um, that are all suitable for the strictest phase of the elimination diet. They're all delicious. Um, they're all easy. Um, I don't really believe in complicated, crazy recipes for people that are chronically sick. Um, these are recipes that anyone can make and they can serve it to their families. Husband approved. Um, I have a back personal chef. So I've spent a lot of time cooking in kitchens and, and kind of streamlining my craft. So when I got well, I, I put it all together in this book and really made it a guide for people who wanted to get started. So in addition to the recipes, there's also meal plans. I have tips and tricks. I've got shopping lists. I've got a guide on how to select food, um, all kinds of things to just get people started um, with doing the diet. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite recipe in the book? My favorite recipe, that's a good question. I like a lot of them. Um, the tomato sauce is pretty revolutionary because it's a nightshade-free tomato-like sauce, um, but it doesn't have tomatoes in it. It doesn't have any peppers, but it has that kind of earthy. Um, it's red. Um, I use beets and carrots and um, cook them for a little while in broth, and it's just really nourishing and delicious. Um, another recipe really like is the salmon chowder and it's really fun if if you end up with a whole fish you can actually make a stock out of it and that ends up being a really delicious broth with lots of omega-3 fats from all the skin and the head and everything it's really good yeah i like the tomato sauce because that's probably the one of the worst um things to foods yeah. to go if you have a nightshade yeah. sensitivity yeah and i have a feeling i probably have a little bit of issues with tomatoes my mm-hmm. tongue gets really sore yeah. After I eat tomatoes and I'm like, it's finally one day going to dawn on me that maybe I can't eat those. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's probably, you know, that's in so many foods. Um, it, it's hard to avoid on a diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, like what kind of diet do you have to eat if you have autoimmune? I mean, yes. what kind so, of foods are kind of the top foods we need to yeah. eliminate? 
Yeah. So, so those were, would be the foods that I mentioned before. I would say that they're not all forever foods that, you know, gluten, I think for anyone with an autoimmune disease should consider never eating it again. Um, but all the other foods are kind of possibilities depending on where on the spectrum you end up. Some people, you know, they feel great on the elimination diet, but when they start introducing eggs or other grains or nuts or seeds or something, they don't feel great. So they go back to the elimination diet and, you know, they're happy to stay on a restricted diet because it enables them to feel great. Um, other people like myself, you know, three years in, I've really been able to expand the foods that I'm able to tolerate. So I would say I eat a, a pretty loose paleo diet. You know, there are a couple foods in there that are not paleo, but if I ate at a restaurant, um, I would have an allergic reaction. So, you know, dairy and soy, um, you know, and obviously gluten, I don't eat, but you know, white rice on occasion. So there's definitely a highly variable range where people can get into, but I think like a long-term, a paleo diet is great um, after someone's gone through the trouble of doing the elimination diet and healing their gut and getting to a place of strength and vitality so that they can better make choices about food. Oh, yeah, I've heard that uh, if you have autoimmune, you probably dairy is a big one you should avoid. Yeah, yeah, dairy, dairy's huge. I mean, I've had an anaphylactic reaction to dairy since I can remember. Um, so I'm particularly allergic to it, but I do know some people who have been able to reintroduce it successfully. So just because I can't tolerate dairy doesn't mean that the next person with Hashimoto's isn't going to be able to. I actually am tolerating some nightshades now, which I know a lot of people with autoimmune conditions don't ever seem to tolerate them. So we really are all unique people. And our guts are unique and our immune systems are unique. And so what we're going to be able to tolerate is not going to be the same. So I really don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, I that's I mean, the beauty of the elimination diet is just figuring out what works for you. Yeah, yeah. I just heard like the big two are gluten and dairy. Those yes. for sure need to go at first until you Yeah, and people challenge. can go into it um, the opposite way. So if you don't want to do the elimination diet straight away, someone can start just by going gluten-free one month and then dairy-free the next month and then build on that and, and end up on paleo and then go further to do AIP. Um, they, you don't have to just say, tomorrow I'm doing AIP and you know throw out all in your house, you can make it a gradual transition as well. Yeah, because it is hard to do a food elimination mm -hmm. diet. It, it's mm -hmm. it's very very difficult. I've tried several times, <laughs> mm -hmm. not terribly successful. I don't. Ha I would definitely be more motivated if I had a very severe health mm -hmm. issue. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it is. I have found it to be extremely difficult to throw out ten major foods that are a part of most people's diet on a near, near daily basis. Mm -hmm. So it is challenging. Um, so, so what are some of the issues with food sensitivity testing? Um, you know, uh, definitely the gold standard I've heard is a food elimination diet. Uh, mm -hmm. so have you done food, uh, food testing before? So I actually have not done food testing. Um, and I have worked with some clients in my nutrition practice who have come to me with those tests. And what I've found is that sometimes they do seem to line up with true allergies. So where someone says, I know I'm allergic to dairy and I got this test and I was allergic to dairy, but then I've had people say, I'm allergic to dairy and I got this test and it didn't come up, but I know I'm allergic to dairy. So mm -hmm. 
I think, um, you know, they, they have been a source of confusion for people. Um, not that I don't think that they're accurate, but I question, um, the kind of like people tend to take them in a very black and white way. They, they, they tend to say, Oh, well, you know, if gluten's on there and it says it's fine, then I guess I can eat gluten. Even though we both know that for someone with an autoimmune disease, like gluten is probably the last thing they should be eating. So, um, you know, their information and what I usually tell people to do is if they they want to, they can add whatever comes up on their food sensitivity test to an elimination diet. But um, having something clear on a food sensitivity test doesn't necessarily mean that they don't need to eliminate it during the autoimmune protocol. Yeah, and and that's that means like if they are motivated to heal, if they're you know not feeling um, terrible, then they can do whatever they want. But if they are motivated to get better and they want to go through the process of the elimination diet, um, you know, a piece of paper saying eggs are okay is not going to change the protocol. You know? Yeah. 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 I've heard that, you know, there is issues, even the best tests, I think there's the, yeah. uh, the mediated release test. And mm-hmm. even that only has a 93.5% reliability rate. Yeah. And the other tests are worse. It can be as worse as 30%. And reliability. And, and another, another thing to remember too is that our bodies can tolerate things different depending on how, like our mood or our, our situation. So if we're relaxed and you know we're on vacation, we might have a different experience eating the same food than if we're stressed out or eating on the run. Um, so then that's something that I don't think a blood test can really pick up. So when you have the experience of eliminating a food and then reintroducing it, you really start to feel in your body when something affects you and kind of information and being able to guide yourself is really priceless. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard like a food sensitivity testing is maybe a nice place to start, you know, Mm -hmm. if you can, Mm -hmm. if you can afford to do it, if you can't Mm -hmm. do a food elimination diet, but Mm -hmm. testing can be a nice place to maybe test to, uh, as a starting point to do a food elimination diet so that you can see foods that you may, you know, maybe surprised that you need to be eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. I think that it's, it could be a good place to start, but you know, a lot of people also, once you've done the elimination diet, um, or you've started with a food sensitivity testing, you don't want to then be reliant on trying to test or doing that blood test to see if something has changed. You know, you want to be able to feel in your body like, okay, now I feel like I can tolerate eggs. Not now I need to go get a $500 test so that I can eat eggs again or, you know, (laughs) see. So, you know, just having that intuition, I think is a lot more powerful than being reliant on the blood test. Yeah, because you do. I mean, every person, they have to learn to listen to their bodies. Mm -hmm. And And as a culture, we don't want to do it. Like (laughs) we really, we just want someone to tell us like what's right for us. You know, we want rules. We want it to be black and white, but our bodies are not, they're not like that. You know, we're all so different. It's hard to make those kind of recommendations. And that status changes. You like mm-hmm. when you do a food sensitivity test and you're sensitive to eggs, mm-hmm. when you start healing your body and stop that immune attack that you're, you're kind of draining your body's yeah. resources and you're healing your adrenal glands, you're healing whatever is ailing your body. People can in- reintroduce foods to which they yeah. were formerly sensitive. They don't last forever. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. And so I think that's uh, key. Like even if you do a, a food sensitivity test or a food elimination diet, you still have to listen to your body and constantly test the waters and, and challenge because it, your body is constantly changes. Um, so, um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, a question that I like to ask all of my guests. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? 
Hmm. That's hard because I'm kind of biased. Um, My world is an autoimmune world and it is really troubling with statistics now. Um, The Autoimmune Related Diseases Association says that there may be up to 55 million Americans or more from autoimmune disease. And so that's massive. It's growing. It's on the rise. And um, our Western medical system doesn't really have a lot of options for fixing it. So um, I do think that it's a really big issue. And, you know, the solution is not simple. You know, the solution is not just diet. It's um, it's better diagnosis and care from our medical system. It's less toxins in our environment. It's eating more nutrient dense and healthy food. Um, so it's it is a very complicated issue. And um, yeah, it makes. I mean, that's why I'm out here doing what I'm doing because I really want to change the world and I want to turn the tide of disease towards um, towards wellness. You know, we all deserve to be happy and healthy and well and um, not feel this kind of inflammation that comes from having autoimmunity. It's terrible. Yeah, I have read that as the autoimmune is the fastest growing subset mm-hmm. of diseases in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, huge growing problem. And part of why it, um, part of why the number is growing, I don't think you know that it seems like it's on the rise. I think because a lot of diseases that previously they thought weren't autoimmune now have an autoimmune component, and then also the rate of diagnosis and everything is just snowballing. So it's really troubling. Yeah, I mean everyone's eating sugar and gluten mm-hmm. and all these horrible mm-hmm. foods, lots of mm-hmm. grains and soy that mm-hmm. de- you know uh, deteriorate our guts, mm-hmm. and then add mm-hmm. that toxic body burden and all these 80,000 chemicals in the environment, nutrient deficiencies, and we're ripe. We're sitting ducks for autoimmune. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit, uh, you know, about where they can find you. You have a beautiful website. Yeah. Uh, It's gorgeous with lots and lots of recipes and information about autoimmune. Can you tell the listeners where to find you? Yeah, totally. So I have a book called The Autoimmune Paleo Cookbook, and you can pick that up anywhere you buy books. So Barnes & Noble, your local bookshop, Amazon.com. That's the book that I was talking about before. It's tons of recipes, meal plans, um, just basically a complete guide to starting on the autoimmune protocol. But if you don't want to spend the 20 bucks to buy the book, um, everything's for free on my site. I really don't believe in having everything be for a fee. I want to help everyone wherever they're at. And so there's over a hundred recipes, which is about the same amount that you'll find in the book and they're all unique. So, um, those are all on the website. It's autoimmune-paleo.com. I also have, um, free cooking videos on my YouTube channel. So that's youtube.com slash autoimmune paleo. I have a 90 minute batch cooking session. And then if you subscribe to my email list, I do a two-week free meal plan. Um, all the recipes are included and everything. So there aren't any excuses for anyone to get, not get started yeah. <laughs> if you're interested. Um, and I'm on Instagram, Mickey Trescott. I live on a farm here in Oregon, and my husband and I are kind of starting to build a homestead and raise chickens and goats and stuff like that. So if you want to follow that part of me, Instagram's the best place to connect. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I want to have like a little homestead where I'm having chickens and things like that. It's awesome. Being able to take chicken breaks. is like the best stress relief (laughs) ever. (laughs) Yeah. And so you just went on a book tour as well, right? Yep. So I did a first leg um, on the West Coast and we're about to do a Southwestern tour in April. I'll be announcing those dates in, um, let's see, I'm doing Utah, Colorado and Arizona and Texas, and that'll be in April. Okay, great. Yeah, so anyone who lives in those areas can stay tuned. 
Yeah, and everyone, go check out her site, um, autoimmune-paleo.com, correct? Yep. And yep. you can, you know, see her tour dates if she's coming to a, a town near you and get your book signed. And uh, Mickey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Wendy. It was awesome. Yeah, and everyone, if you want to learn all about detoxification and how to heal your health conditions naturally, and my version of paleo, the modern paleo diet, uh, go to my website, liveto110.com. And thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast. And go uh, go check out my new uh, health online program called bodybiorehab.com. That's going to be launching April 1st. Uh, you can go sign up, and then I'll send you information about it as soon as it launches. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast. Podcast.